0: Differential for T2 dark renal lesion, lipid poor AML, hemorrhagic cyst, and papillary RCC again. Differential for T2 dark renal lesion, lipid poor AML, hemorrhagic cyst, and papillary RCC. Hummingbird sign is associated with progressive supranuclear palsy. It is also known as the penguin sign, and it is due to atrophy of the midbrain. Sterile inflammatory lesion presenting as a mass around the metal-on-metal hip or knee arthroplasty. This is metal-on-metal pseudotumor or aseptic lymphocyte-dominant vasculitis-associated lesion LVAL, so ALVAL. So mass or sterile reaction around a uh, metal-on-metal arthroplasty. Most common benign renal mass that has similar features to renal cell carcinoma on imaging oncocytoma. So, oncocytoma has very similar appearance to renal cell carcinoma, and it's typically resected because even though textbooks mention specific features such as the uh, central scar, these are not significant to exclude RCC. So oncocytoma is the most commonly resected benign renal mass. Imaging finding associated with shock bowel on CT scan. We have diffuse thickening of the small bowel with increased um, mucosal enhancement. We can have fluid-filled dilated loops of bowel. Obviously, if patient in shock, you're going to have small IVC, typically less than 1 centimeter and may have small aorta, typically than six, less than 6 millimeter. Uh, so radiology assistant website has a great uh, image selection that differentiates between bowel wall enhancement. And it, it's important to take a look at that image at least once before the test. Again, manifestation of shock bowel is diffuse thickening of the bowel with mucosal enhancement, fluid fluid-filled dilated bowel loops and potentially small IVC and small aorta. Medullary nephrocalcinosis associated with what? um, Hormonal disease. So, medullary nephrocalcinosis is associated with primary hyperparathyroidism. This is another one where there is a classic image uh, that we need to be aware of, and it's basically... uh, calcifications filling the whole collecting system in the kidney typically since it's a systemic hormonal disease it would be bilateral so medullary nephrocalcinosis associated with primary hyperparathyroidism imaging characteristic of pediatric ependymoma. so typical age one to five years old it's on the roof of the fourth ventricle it's a slow growing tumor typically it's described as a tooth pace tumor because it extends through the foramina without causing significant mass effect unlike medulloblastoma. MRI features its T1 iso or hypointense, T2 hyperintense with cystic components. On contrast there is heterogeneous enhancement and importantly it does not demonstrate diffusion restriction which is a key differentiating feature from medulloblastoma. again. Medalloblastoma diff- has heterogeneous enhancement but has diffusion restriction and has enhancement of the leptomeninges and it causes mass effect unlike uh, ependymoma which is a soft tumor that squeezes through the foramina. Imaging differences between portal venous gas and pneumobilia or air in the biliary system. Typically air in the biliary system you would seen adjacent to the spine, so central liver, where portal venous gas, we see a branching uh, gas on the periphery. And it's important to distinguish these because uh, pneumobilia can be a benign process from, you know, recent endoscopy or sphincterotomy versus portal venous gas is associated with bowel necrosis, where the air would track through the bowel wall into the portal uh, system. Radiation exposure associated from a single CT, uh, single chest x-ray. So single chest x-ray associated with 0.1 millisievert of radiation. So 0.1 millisievert of radiation in a single chest x-ray. MRI enhancement pattern for DCIS. DCIS exhibit non-mass-like enhancement can be clumped linear or linear in distribution. Again DCIS enhancement on MRI is non-mass-like enhancement, can be clumped or linear in distribution. Pulsation artifact. This is an MR artifact which occurs in the uh, plane of the short axis, typically the phase encoding direction. So it occurs in the phase encoding direction which is the short axis on MRI and it present as artifact where there is ghosting appearance. This happens because tissue or fluid moves due to pulsation. Again, pulsation artifact is a phase encoding in the phase encoding gradient and it is an artifact that occurs due to tissue and fluid moving during the scan. It manifests as ghosting in the direction of the phase encoding gradient and this is the shortest axis in the image. It would be left to right on axial or coronal brain, and it would be anterior to posterior on the axial abdomen slices. Again, pulsation artifact, it is in the phase encoding gradient. Phase encoding happens to be the short axis on the image, so on MRI, the length of axis determines what is the phase and short axis is the phase encoding gradient this is the encoding gradient that the pulsation artifact happens in this is in contrast to chemical shift chemical shift happens to be in the frequency encoding gradient so pulsation starts with a p and it happens in the phase encoding gradient which also starts with a p chemical shift Shift has the letter F and it's in the frequency encoding gradient. Acute intestinal pseudo-obstruction is known as Ogilvy's syndrome again. Acute intestinal pseudo-obstruction is known as Ogilvy's syndrome. I'm not going to go into the pathology, this is not an obstruction. What determines the right ventricle in prenatal ultrasound. In prenatal ultrasound the right ventricle is determined by the moderator band. On ultrasound it's a echogenic stripe between the septum and the lateral wall of the right ventricle and this this sets the uh, right ventricle from the left ventricle apart. It's also known as the septomarginal trabecula. So again moderator band is a key morphologic structure in the right ventricle and it is of particular importance in pediatric or neonatal ultrasound or prenatal ultrasound. Name the prominent veins in the brain from superior to inferior we have the superior sagittal sinus then we have the inferior sagittal sinus inferior to that we have the internal cerebral vein then we have the straight sinus, which is the straight line, and then we have the transverse sinuses, which finally communicate with the internal jugular vein. Again, from top to bottom, we have superior sagittal sinus, inferior sa- sagittal sinus, internal cerebral vein, then we have the straight sinus, then we have the transverse sinuses, and those communicate with the jugular with the jugular veins. For colorectal surgery, difference between LAR and APR, Well, LAR stands for Low Anterior Resection and APR stands for Abdominal Perennial Resection. So Abdominal Perennial means including the perineum in the resection cavity. LAR, Low Anterior Resection, it's for tumors in the upper or mid rectum. And it allows for the preservation of the anal sphincter. The abdominal resection it's for tumors in the distal rectum or up to six centimeter from the anal verge so distal rectum and it is associated with permanent colostomy and the surgery the surgery itself is associated with uh, sexual and genitourinary dysfunction again LAR, low anterior resection, is for upper or mid rectum tumors and abdominal perennial resection is for lower rectal tumors and it results in permanent colostomy. Herpes encephalitis, pathophysiology, it is a necrotizing infection in the brain parenchyma due to reactivation of latent HSV-1 infection within the trigeminal ganglion. Locations of uh, lobes involved in herpes encephalitis typically medial temporal lobes, cingulate gyrus, and inferior frontal lobe. Mainly, the medial temporal lobe is the lobe that is typically involved. Now, imaging features of herpes encephalitis hypoattenuation on CT scan, T2 bright signal, and diffusion restriction. For T1 signal, it is bright when it becomes hemorrhagic, and finally it demonstrates enhancement. Again, necrotizing infection in the brain parenchyma within the trigeminal ganglion uh, involves the medial temporal lobe, cingulate gyrus, and inferior frontal lobe, and it will present with diffusion restriction and T1 T2 bright signal and hypoattenuation on CT scan. What is T2 prolongation. T2 prolongation means T2 bright signal. This is in distinction from T1 prolongation which means loss of signal or dark signal. If we say T1 shortening that means it's T1 bright signal and if we see if we say T2 prolongation it means T2 bright signal. These are you know, counterintuitive. Uh, we're not going to go into the reasoning but T1 shortening means T, T1 bright signal, T2, T2 prolongation means T2 bright signal. Perineoplastic syndrome in the uh, pleural cavity from non-isolate fibrous tumor presenting with hypoglycemia. This is Dodge-Potter syndrome and so it's a perineoplastic syndrome from the fibrous tumor of the pleura and it secretes insulin, resulting in hypoglycemia, again, Dodge Potter syndrome. Thyroid inferno sign is associated with Graves disease, which demonstrates marked hypervascularity and arteriovenous shunting on ultrasound of the thyroid, again, thyroid inferno sign, associated with Graves disease. Pathophysiology of Graves disease, it's an autoimmune process that results in the activation of the TSH receptors, which stimulate thyroid hormone synthesis and secretion. This disease presents with diffusely enlarged and heterogeneous, coarsened gland uh, with increased vascularity and the thyroid inferno sign. Average level volume in adult is 1500 cc so average liver volume in adult is 1500 cc congenital talipes equevernus congenital talipes equiverus is club foot deformity or plantar flexed angled with foot with varus forefoot so again plantar flexed and angled foot with varus forefoot twinkle artifact this is an artifact that results from intrinsic machine noise seen on color Doppler ultrasound. It occurs as focus of alternating colors on Doppler signal beyond a reflective surface such as stone, which gives the appearance of turbulent blood flow. Again, twinkle artifact, and we need to distinguish that from reverberation artifact. Twinkle artifact is on Doppler ultrasound, and it presents as alternating colors. On Doppler signal beyond a reflective object such as stone reverberating artifact it's when the ultrasound wave moves between two reflective surfaces and it will create a tail of signal of variable depth as the ultrasound transducer think the object is deeper or longer than it is in the body. So again twinkle artifact somewhat similar appearance except twinkle artifact is on colored Doppler and uh, Reverberation artifact is not color Doppler ultrasound uh, and it's due to reverberation of signal between two reflective surfaces. Medullary nephrocalcinosis etiologies. So it's calcifications in the renal medullary pyramid and typically the kidney function is normal. What we see as etiologies is hypercalcemic state, so anything that causes hypercalcemia, hyperparathyroidism, sarcoidosis, medullary sponge kidney. Uh, distal type 1 renal tubular acidosis, and furosemide or LASIK treatment in children. Again, etiologies for medullary nephrocalcinosis, hypercalcemic states such as hyperparathyroidism, medullary sponge kidney, distal tubular acidosis type 1, and furosemide or LASIK treatment. Differential for pituitary stalk thickening. This include hypophysitis and lymphoma. Again, differential for pituitary stalk thickening, hypophysitis and lymphoma. Imaging features of polycystic ovarian syndrome, PCOS, what we see enlarged ovary with multiple peripherally located to- uh, follicular cysts. And the total volume of the ovary is increased and the follicles again are on the periphery. We also see an increased stromal blood flow with decreased resistive indices. Differential consideration is normal ovaries under the influence of oral contraceptives. However, with oral contraceptives, we will not see increased vascularity. Again, the total volume of the ovary would be increased. will have follicular cyst on the periphery. Total skin radiation exposure dose limit. 500 millisivert and convert that into rem or millirem so 500 millisivert would equal 50,000 millirem because each sievert or each millisievert is a hundred millirem again skin radiation dose exposure limit is 500 millisivert or 50,000 millirem Differential for cystic lung disease, we have lymphoid interstitial pneumonia, we have Langerhans cell histocytosis, we have LAM or lymphangioleomyomatosis, and finally Bertog-Dube, so differential for cystic lung lesions, we have lymphoid interstitial pneumonia, Lungers, pulmonary Langerhans cell histiocytosis, lam lymphangioleiomyomatosis, and Bertog du Again, differential for cystic lung lesion, lymphoid, lymphoid interstitial pneumonia, pulmonary Langerhans cell histiocytosis, lymphangioleiomyomatosis, and berthog du difference between the vesicorectal pouch and the pouch of Douglas. So vesicorectal vesicle is the bladder, rectum is rectum, so it's the pouch between the bladder and rectum. Obviously this is going to be only in males. Pouch of Douglas is the recto-uterine pouch and it is in female so it's the pouch between the uterus and the rectum pouch of Douglas. Rotator interval Rotator interval is the triangular space created by the interposition of the coracoid process between the supraspinatus and the subscapularis muscle. So the subscapularis and supraspinatus muscles are separated by the coracoid process. That interval, that space between those two muscles and the coracoid process creates the rotator interval. Subtypes of DCIS, we have the papillary and cribriform, which are low-grade, and we have the solid and comedo, which is high-grade, particularly the comedo. Again, subtypes of DCIS, we have papillary, cribriform, both are low grades, solid, and then comedo, which is in particularly a high-grade DCIS. Fluoroscopic findings associated with bronchial foreign body, on expiration, the mediastinum would be midline in normal location. On expiration, the normal lung would deflate, and the mediastinum would shift away from the inflated lung. So it will shift away from the affected side. On the cubitus radiograph, the affected lung would demonstrate lack of deflation because the air cannot leave as the foreign body will act as a uh, as a ball or as a valve, one-way valve only allowing air in. Why it function as a one-way valve is because inspiration is active and expiration is passive. Again, imaging features of fluoroscopic uh, bronchial foreign body include uh, on inspiration the mediastinum would be midline so that would not be helpful but expiratory views would demonstrate that mediastinum The mediastinum would shift away from the involved side. On the cubitus radiograph, the affected lung would not deflate or you would not see increased vascularity in that lung. Subtypes or stages of gynecomastia. We have three stages. We have nodular, then dendritic, and finally fibroglandular gynecomastia. They are in this order. Initially, the nodular gynecomastia is tender and has indistinct margin. This is reversible type of gynecomastia. For dendritic gynecomastia, it is becoming non-reversible, typically a year or so after uh, nodular gynecomastia. And finally, diffuse fibroglandular gynecomastia. This is the severe form and it's typically due to estrogen replacement. A key important feature in distinguishing male gynecomastia from breast cancer is the location. Gynecomastia must be retroareolar. So, gynecomastia must be retroareolar, but in breast cancer in males, it doesn't have to be retroareolar. Radiation leukencephalopathy present as confluent T2 and flare hyperintense signal in the periventricular white matter. Again radiation, leukoencephalopathy is confluent T2 and flare hyperintense signal in the periventricular white matter.